Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 49 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Numbers chapter 14 today and our focus is on God's compassionate and terrifying character and how exactly intercession works. I want to encourage you to check out our website, Bible2021.com. And let's open up with a comment from listener Lamar Powell, who hails from Kiowa, Alabama, on yesterday's episode on blood in the Old and New Testament. He writes, interesting episode on blood in the Old Testament. The reason for the focus on blood in the Bible is that we are taught early on that life is in the blood. Before Mosaic Law, before the Ten Commandments, before God's covenant with Abraham, God told Noah to fill the earth and told him he could eat of all flesh except not to consume the blood of that flesh. And he quotes Genesis 9 here. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. I give it all to you as I gave the green plant. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. Surely I will require your lifeblood from every beast that I will require it, and from every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man. As for you, be fruitful and multiply, populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. So the use of sacrificial blood, says Lamar, is literally, according to scripture, to offer that life. And the beauty of Christ's blood is because he is perfect and everlasting that his blood can always cover us and we don't have to perpetually sacrifice the blood of animals. Perhaps the most beautiful thing about Christ's blood is that when we partake of his blood in the Eucharist, whether literally or symbolically, we are partaking in the life of Christ. That is awesome. Lamar, thank you for sharing that great insight, and I appreciate you letting me share it on the show. Some people have a view of God that he's like a kindly old grandfather, sitting in a chair giving candy to his grandchildren and winking and grinning when they sin and mess up. This picture, however, falls both short of God's kindness and his holiness. So the thing is, God is far kinder and more gracious than the kindest of grandfathers, and he does anything but wink and grin at sin. Consider these two sobering passages, Hebrews 10.31, It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And Romans 11.22, Consider God's kindness and severity. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness towards you if you remain in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. So in Numbers 14, we see that the children of Israel have repeatedly sinned against God. And God, who is abounding in mercy, but also abounding in holiness and justice, is preparing to wipe out the sinful, grumbling Israelites and start over. But Moses, like Abraham before him, intercedes, which means asking in prayer on behalf of someone else for the Israelites reminding God of his character and mercy in what is our verse of the day, Numbers 14, verse 18. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in faithful love, forgiving iniquity and rebellion, but he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children to the third and fourth generation. So I used the the word remind earlier with some hesitation, because I don't believe that God has ever forgotten anything, and he had no need of Moses reminding him of his character, but it's a very biblical thing to do in prayer, to, quote, remind God of his promises, nature, mercy, and character. Maybe in reminding him, what we are really accomplishing is that we're reminding ourselves. We are fallible. We forget. 
God never loses his patience and mercy and memory, nor does he ever act rashly or foolishly, forgetting who he is, so to speak. So does Moses' intercession here actually change God's mind, or is this more of an exercise in relationship building on God's part, drawing Moses in to intercede for his people so that Moses learns God's mercy in a deeper way? And let me ask the question in a different way. Did God in this passage really intend to wipe out the grumbling and sinful Israelites, but Moses talked him out of it in prayer? Well, the Bible does not clearly answer this question in our text today, but I suspect the answer is much deeper than that God simply changed his mind because God doesn't change. In Malachi 3, 6, he says, I, the Lord, do not change. God is sovereign and sees all ends. I do not believe Moses changed God's mind, but I do think something meaningful and important and powerful happened there. In intercession, we interact with the living God in the deepest of ways, and we adopt the character and activity of Jesus. Because we learn in Hebrews 7.25 that Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. So though we can only understand intercession from our perspective, we do know that it is good, Christ-like, and impacting activity, probably one of the highest and noblest activities that a human can undertake. Well, let's read our passage for the day. Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible, Then the whole community broke into loud cries, and the people wept that night. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron, and the whole community told them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to the land to die by the sword? Our wives and children will become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let's appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole assembly of the Israelite community. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who scouted out the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite community, The land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land, for we will devour them." Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. While the whole community threatened to stone them, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tent of meeting. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people despise me? How long will they not trust in me, despite all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them with a plague and destroy them. Then I will make you into a greater and mightier nation than they are. But Moses replied to the Lord, The Egyptians will hear about it, for by your strength you brought up this people from them. They will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people, how you, Lord, are seen face to face, how your cloud stands over them, and how you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. If you kill this people with a single blow, the nations that have heard of your fame will declare... Since the Lord wasn't able to bring this people into the land he swore to give them, he has slaughtered them in the wilderness. So now may my Lord's power be magnified, just as you have spoken. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in faithful love, forgiving iniquity and rebellion, but he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children to the third and fourth generation. Please pardon the iniquity of this people in keeping with the greatness of your faithful love, just as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now. 
And the Lord responded, I have pardoned them as you requested. Yet as I live and as the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory, none of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me these ten times and did not obey me will ever see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have despised me will see it. But since my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has remained loyal to me, I will bring him into the land where he has gone and his descendants will inherit it. Since the Amalekites and Canaanites are living in the lowlands, turn back tomorrow and head for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, How long must I endure this evil community that keeps complaining about me? I have heard the Israelites' complaints that they make against me. Tell them, as I live, this is the Lord's declaration. I will do exactly as you, as I heard you say. Your corpses will fall in this wilderness. All of you who are registered in the census, the entire number of you, 20 years old or more, because you have complained about me. I swear that none of you will enter the land I promised to settle you in, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. I will bring your children whom you said would become plunder in the land you rejected, and they will enjoy it. But as for you, your corpses will fall in this wilderness. Your children will be shepherds in the wilderness for forty years, and bear the penalty for your acts of unfaithfulness until all your corpses lie scattered in the wilderness." You will bear the consequences of your iniquities 40 years based on the number of the 40 days that you scouted the land. A year for each day, you will know my displeasure. I, the Lord, have spoken. I swear that I will do this to the entire evil community that has conspired against me. They will come to an end in the wilderness and there they will die. So the men Moses sent to scout out the land, and who returned and incited the entire community to complain about him by spreading a negative report about the land. Those men who spread the negative report about the land were struck down by the Lord. Only Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh remained alive of those men who went to scout out the land. Then Moses reported these words to the Israelites, and the people were overcome with grief. They got up early the next morning and went up to the ridge of the hill country, saying, Let's go to the place the Lord has promised, for we were wrong. But Moses responded, Why are you going against the Lord's command? It won't succeed. Don't go, because the Lord is not among you, and you will not defeat your enemies. The Amalekites and Canaanites are right in front of you. You will fall by the sword. The Lord won't be with you since you have turned from following him. But they dared to go up the ridge of the hill country, even though the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and Moses did not leave the camp. Then the Amalekites and Canaanites who lived in that part of the hill country attacked them and routed them as far as Hormah. Well, let's close with our passage for February, our Bible memory verse, Acts 9.31. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. Amen. Well, Good day to you and Godspeed, friends.